Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome, young adventurers. Dylan here. And on today's podcast, I have Forbes contributor Charlie Fink. He is the author of Remote Collaborations and Virtual Conferences, The Future of Work, 2020. And also, he is uh, was the EVP and COO and VR pioneer of Virtual World Entertainment. Previously, he was a VP of Disney Featured Animation Story Development, and he teaches XR at Chapman University. And I'm super excited to bring him on. And if you're watching this live, feel free to ask questions or comments you have for Charlie. We're going to go deep on the topics of XR technology, VR, Oculus, the new augmented reality they have coming up, and many more things. So please, without any further ado, I'd like to welcome my friend, Charlie Fink. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Hey, brother. Pleasure to have you. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to talk to you about all things XR. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. I've seen you in several different circles. Uh, um, I think we were on a panel once, but yeah, it's 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 nice to be able to have a direct line of uh, uh, contact with you. Um, how did you get started in the world of XR technology? What was what was the genesis of this? Uh, I was um, in the process of uh, leaving Disney, and <clears throat> Roy Disney uh, suggested. He said, "You know, my son Tim." is looking at buying a video game company. You and Tim want to work together. And, and that's exactly what ended up happening. Tim bought a company called Virtual World Entertainment, which had created uh, a role-playing game, successful role-playing games, uh, Battletech and Shadowrun. Uh, they, they, uh, they also had a simulation center where they had used hacked Apple computers and uh, and pinball game cabinets to create kind of fake flight simulators. But instead of uh, putting you into the sky where you're going 600 miles an hour and it's very hard to find other people, they put you like in a mining canal of Mars in a hover and an ore carrying hovercraft and you race other hovercraft or you're piloting a giant mech and you're fighting oh, against wow. other mechs. So you were networked together with other people who are you know, adjacent to you in their own pods or simulators, yep. and, then, and then you see them and interact with them out the windshield of your vehicle because, of course, back in 1993, there were no head-mounted displays. There, there was a prototypical one that everyone talks about called uh, Dactyl Nightmare from Virtuality, uh, which was a one-person... Simulation it was so bad that everybody using it got sick, and it cost you know like sixty thousand dollars. So it wasn't really you know some people tried to make a business out of it selling it you know at a dollar a minute in malls, um, but it couldn't really scale. And we had the same problem trying to roll out the simulation centers, which you know we rolled out. Uh, you know, over 30 locations on four continents in three years, which is incredibly fast, but not fast enough to keep up with the evolution of technology. It's, 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 I always feel like uh, virtual is, is like uh, you're building a train in the desert or, or building a town in the desert saying the trains are coming. You always feel like it, it's almost good enough to be mainstream and it's yeah. so cool, but you just got to go through so much effort. 
So it's yeah. It's, I left. I left in uh, the beginning of 1996 to go to America Online, where I was um, chief creative officer and senior VP of AOL Studios, uh, and we made and managed co original content uh, for AOL, which you know also had lots of other content partners along with this internal studio. Uh, after I left AOL, I did a startup, which I sold to American Greetings in Cleveland. So mm. I was president and chief creative officer of AmericanGreetings.com uh, until 2005, uh, when I decided I was going to get away from corporate life and uh, started to get involved with producing Broadway shows. I did that for about 10 years and decided that was the suckiest job on the face <laughs> of the earth. And um, But I didn't know what else to do, and nobody was hiring, you know, ex-CEOs who hadn't been relevant for 10 years. So uh, I did the only thing I could do, which was I started writing. Mm. And I wrote about everything that I had done at, you know, Disney and in theater and in social media and, you know, the prototypical internet, yeah. uh, movies. Um, and I got nothing but crickets. No one really gave a damn about what I thought about those topics. Um, and then at the suggestion of a friend, you know, I think Oculus had just been on the cover of, you know, Time Magazine. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I did a sort of researchy article, like way too long, like a 1500 word article on Medium. And it got like 20,000 hits in 12 hours, which was more than all the other posts put together. So, you know, you know, it's like a dopamine hit, right? It's like having a spike in your podcast. Yep. So, you know, repeat. And the more I repeated, the more traffic I started to get. And uh, somehow, uh, unlike in other categories, my voice was welcomed in XR. And, you know, an old colleague, somebody who had actually worked for a colleague of mine, actually, uh, saw my work and called me up and hired me to join the Forbes tech team. And, you know, Forbes is, you know, a very powerful brand. Yeah. And it opens a lot of doors and it confers upon um, people with whom it's associated a tremendous amount of legitimacy. Mm -hmm. So that was probably premature in my case, but I found people like Ori Inbar and AWE and, a, you know, other uh, like-minded people and got educated very fast. So, you know, expertise is like how fast can you learn about a topic? Yeah. So well, I haven't stopped in five years, so I guess that's pretty good. Well, it's it's interesting because the one of the beautiful things about getting into virtual reality technology, and especially at, at this young version of technology, it's it's come around in cycles, right? There's the sort of Damocles, and we've gone through the the '80s waves, and but right now it's such a flat landscape, um, and it's growing. But like to get in, you can very quickly become a thought leader in the space by just finding cool stuff and reporting on it, and that that dopamine hit cycle of of because that's what like a lot of people that are into vr technology they want to know about the latest and greatest like what's what's coming up that what what's well sure because we haven't settled we haven't settled on a paradigm yet yeah yeah well yeah yeah and, and they're trying to figure out they're trying to understand it it's like it's like trying to build a plane on the on the way down so it's like i mean what yeah. well like, everybody do you... everybody doing something new and uh -huh. anything creative you know has that problem you know, whether you're making a movie or building a VR experience, you know, you know you're going to finish it in a mad rush because anything of quality, you're trying to stuff every ounce of energy, you know, every drop of sweat that you've got in you to make that project everything that you think it can be. Yeah. 
So what are the main areas of virtual reality and XR technology that really excites you? What are the areas about that that you you look forward to? I mean, you've been five years in the space researching it. And for anybody that's listening, if you have questions uh, to Charlie about any of this stuff, please feel free to put in the comments and we'll we'll answer it. So, but uh, uh, Charlie, I'd love to learn. Uh, well, I would say for a long while, I was more focused on mobile AR mm -hmm. than anything else because everyone has a smartphone in their hand and Snap was, um, you know, exploding in terms of the amount of AR that people were doing. And then Pokemon Go, of course, uh, you know, is one of the most successful um, creative franchises of all time. You know, they're like $5 billion and counting. They're right up there with Grand Theft Auto, you know, as the greatest, you know, single franchises in entertainment history. Yeah. You know, that, that includes all of the Star Wars movies and everything else. That's how powerful games are right now. Um, so I was very focused on AR, and I still am. The, you know, the problem is it's, it's the form factor is not there to support it. Right? Yeah. You're just, you know, unless you're, you know, a teenager and you got time on your hands. Um, and, and God knows there are hundreds of millions of them. So I, I don't say that in a way I wish I was one of them I would make very creative things um, so and that's booming so you know I leaned into that mm. and you know the problem with VR prior to the quest launching was it was for prosumers getting a PC set up hard not easy you know you had the external light towers I mean they could not have made it they could not have introduced more friction There's no customer service I mean, it just was not for regular consumers. If I had been a regular consumer, I would have put it all back in a box along with a $1,500 computer and marched it right back into Best Buy like an unwanted pet. Yeah. So, so I was down. I was down on that. I uh -huh. liked it. I liked it for enterprise. I have always liked it for enterprise. I think VR is a training and simulation machine, and I have always thought that about VR. Mm -hmm. um, now the entertainment part of VR is coming on strong now that an install base now that there are you know the game engines are established production technologies so VR has come a very long way in the past two years mm -hmm. and we are nearing <clears throat> an inflection point where you know listen when you get like 25 million of these things and the next year it doubles that's an inflection point right where you go from 25 million to 75 million like everybody suddenly has how one. many how many headsets do you think are out right now 10 million 10 million between, between playstation vr and oh. um the quest probably i would say three to five of the quest and mm -hmm. seven to ten of the playstation neither of them reports on the category directly but Facebook, it's easy enough to guess since they don't have much in the other category. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 all or nothing for them, and and then you you feel like the 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 rate the adoption of the VR headsets are is it you think it's is it is it doubling every year? You think that's a yes? Yeah. I think, well, did it double? Yeah, it probably doubled. Easy to double when you have five million, mm -hmm. right? When you get to twenty-five million, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to double. But I mean, I think that's the way these things go, right? It's like. How, how does it happen really, really slowly, and then all of a sudden? Yeah. So I think, you know, 
I, I mean, is, do you have any doubt that that's the way it will be in five years? So we're, we're only really talking about the pace of adoption. Yeah, um, it's happening. But it's $300 headsets out there, I, I just don't see the pace. You know, everybody who has a game console will buy one. Yeah. Um, if you don't have a game console, you'll be mezzo, mezzo. Maybe you don't need to. Um, you know, and listen, it still isn't, hasn't arrived. It's in a process of becoming everything about it could be better. It could be lighter. It could be cooler. It could, you know, it could have better sensors. It could have a longer battery. I mean, you know, the list goes on. The head strap is stinky. I mean, the, the thing is, when you make a $300 VR headset that is good quality, a lot of other things are cheaped out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's you're focusing on what really matters, and if you want those peripherals, yes. anytime you, you make an emerging technology, there's all these peripherals. Like the iPhone came out, it wasn't originally waterproof, and so they right. built. Right, exactly. You have to you have to pick your battles, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and you know, keep in mind, of course, these are devices that have to do everything. It has to do education, it has to do training, it has to do 360 video. You know, it has to do you know shooting, and it has to do exercise. I mean, it's a big Swiss Army knife. And it is hard to make a Swiss Army knife. That's why I've always liked it for um, enterprise and military use, because it just has to do one thing. It doesn't have to do one thing right now and four other things later in the day. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I think that's I think that is hard. Um, I also think we need to say, you know, as questionable as Facebook is as a business, and there are a lot of reasons for that that have nothing to do with with. Facebook, the company, and whether they've tried to be transparent or greedy or whatever. I mean, the law of unintended consequences have, has overtaken social media, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so because of those unintended consequences, things have to be done. Mm -hmm. Will they be done? I have no idea, no prediction. But clearly things should be done because it, it is creating far more problems than uh, it is solving. Uh, people have First Amendment rights, but... Uh, you know, they don't have the First Amendment right to scream fire in a theater. So unless we can get a hold of that, um, it, it's going to um, uh, create problems that will make it more difficult to make money, which is what I'm against. Yeah. You know, if you're a capitalist, you have to be against kind of ridiculous instability. Well, how do you think those effects are going to translate into the virtual world, into virtual social reality? Because there's things like the social dilemma. I think that uh, I think the pandemic, all of it, is going to drive us deeper into VR. Yeah, it's probably the only COVID-free industry that's that's out there. It's not just yeah, it is COVID, but it's also that you know people value experiences today. They don't you know things and and. Material things don't have as much value, partly because people can't afford them, and partly because people have real come to realize how useless they are, and how burdensome they are. You know, books and records, which used to weigh a man down as he grew through life, um, you know, are really just uh, easily converted into atoms. I mean, into bits, right? Mm -hmm. So we're we're entering the age where bits like NFTs are starting to have as much value as things that are made out of atoms. Yeah. Well, it's data, right? It's like, it's an easier way to carry the data. You know, you used to do it on like a big brick or an old computer. Yes. Now, you know, as, as Steve Jobs said, the- Right, well, and hard to duplicate the original in that circumstances. Instant to do it in VR, which is why, of course, uh, people are trying to attach 
uh, a specific blockchain to a specific um, item, which I think is going to be ultimately very good for big brands. So that if you have a Louis Vuitton in VR, it's either authentic or it's not. See, that's that's interesting because you're, I mean, you're talking about those NFTs, um, the uh, NTFs, non fungible tokens, non fungible tokens, yeah, where people are trying to attach it. And it seems like when people go into the VR space and like, oh, how do I monetize this? Right. And they're like, uh, blockchain, uh, I'm going to go into marijuana. No, uh, I mean, medical. I, wait, the, there, there are a couple ways, uh, that people are going to be monetizing VR, and mm -hmm. one of them is creating great content. That's um, you might talk about the quest store pardon me are you talking about like the quest store like getting into like well, the store, quest or? and playstation and steam i think are all going to be are all committed to an open web where you can buy software and run it on your system anywhere so i think sort of playstation vr and quest are, are probably going to be for now the leading brands of headsets but mm -hmm. you know the you know apple one will come along how is it going to play with the other ones well, we really don't know that yet. So we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, it's exciting. Apple's clearly got more than one headset uh, wow. coming to market. Timing unknown. It sounds yeah. like the VR headset will be first. Uh, yeah. The drums are beating more loudly. I'm not quite sure what will be on the VR headset, but of this, I am quite positive. Whatever Apple introduces, they will introduce it when it can do some kind of telepresence. Mm. It's going to have one killer app, and that one killer app is going to be connecting people to other people. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. There are a bunch of different methods, but I promise you that is going to be the killer app on the machine, you know, in the same way Messenger was on the iPhone. I heard and, that. And, you know, the camera ultimately was on the iPhone, right? Yeah. So VR really is is – it's sort of like that moment when the camera – you know, met, uh, met the phone and everything changed. Yeah. Well, and I did know that, uh, from what I heard is that the, the company spaces that was originally yes. a location based entertainment, yeah. they then, you know, the pandemic hit and they pivoted and then they yeah. went in and all of a sudden they started plugging VR into every type of zoom Skype thing that they could. And then I heard that Apple acquired them. Yeah. And so well, all of that is true. I think, uh, as you're suggesting, it was largely an aqua hire. You know, they were ex-DreamWorks. They were good engineers. They did a good job in location-based entertainment. Um, but, you know, in a way, they were kind of wasted on location-based entertainment. And they pivoted in a smart and aggressive way uh, and did a sprint to create the thing they knew everybody would need, which was a way to connect with other people and work with other people in VR. And they did two things that were very smart. The first is they made it web-based. So, um, you know, so that meant that you could um, be inside of um, a Zoom chat while you in VR could spawn windows around you and do a presentation so you know that idea that some people could be in vr and some people can be in a 2d world and yet they're together in a virtual space is very compelling mm -hmm. and so you know they i i think it my guess is that apple took one look at these guys and said i'm not sure that they 
saw something in the software as much as they saw something in the thinking and the mm -hmm. quality of the engineers. And I don't know what they bought them for. They had obviously already raised a bunch of money. So I don't know, $50 million for a company that had taken 20 and was on the brink of bankruptcy. I think that's a pretty good yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, and hopefully those guys will be able to implement those ideas or work with the ones Apple has. But I do agree it shows that they're leaning into this idea of uh, a virtual connection. Which is the one thing I'm, I'm, I'm looking at because uh, uh, I don't know if you've been to the Oculus Connects before, if you go to them. Um, there's like Facebook Connect. And well, there's no reason for me to go to them because number one, I'm not an engineer. And number two, everything of value as a demo comes to me or I can, I can watch the live stream. But I will tell you flat out, and everybody who goes to Connect knows I'm telling the truth. These are highly technical conversations. <laughs> they are. They're fun. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah. so you know, I mean, you know, Charlie gets me go. Yeah. My eyes glaze over. I mean, you know, once they start they're talking about, well, we put a collider on this, and then we did that. I'm like, I, I mean, I stopped taking notes. I don't even, I don't even know those words. <laughs> So your interest is use-based business applications, things that are innovative that really drive the not like not only just the 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 whole industry forward, but like yeah, I mean, the, I'm interested in strategy. I'm interested mm -hmm. in human factors. Um, yes, very interested in business applications, but business applications are harder for me to study than consumer. Yeah. Um, what, what right. Do so I do what I can on the business side, but, you know, I learn from companies that hire me as a consultant to do something else more often than not. But, you know, I did, I have gone to a lot of business oriented VR conferences because they're really until the quest and, and um, the PlayStation started to pick up, wasn't a whole lot else to talk about. Yeah, um, you but, you know, I do think this principle that you've got a pyramid with, uh -huh. you know, university research and the military at the top of it. And then, you know, the technology filters down through retail and, yeah. and prosumers and ultimately comes out in its most used and basic form at a consumer accessible price. And then subsequent iterations start to make it more and more powerful. That's what we saw with computers. That's what we see with smartphones. And that is what appears to be happening with, I mean, it is happening yeah. with immersive media. That's why I keep saying, I think VR is following the development pattern of the personal computer, which yeah. took, depending on how you time it, you know, uh, 10 to 20 years. Yeah. So, you know, if it's um, 2012, you want to call the incorporation of Oculus the, you know, beginning of the timeline just arbitrarily. Well, that means we're, you know, still, you know, another 18 months uh, into year 10. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're pretty much on time, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, and, and that's actually pretty fast considering that there is no R in VR and you have to put it on your head, which, you know, most people think is weird. Yeah. Well, you think it's weird and you think it looks silly until you try it and then your mind's blown, right? That, yes, that but, but people don't like other people watching them when they can't see them. This is true. Um, and, and so, you know, yeah, they, they can do it alone, but you have to overcome you know, just the, the fact that it's so new, there'll be resistance. Anything new of value has been resisted 
you know, uh, to the death by many people. Yeah. So, well, there's a there's know. a buildup of it until it overtops, and then it feels like your FOMO outside the party thing going on. Yes, well, FOMO is a big part of it that always drives things that are new, like websites, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my god, if I don't have a website for my business, I can't compete. Yeah. Well. What's your, if, and I wonder if that's the same thing. If, I wonder if Apple's filling any of the FOMO, because right now I heard an amazing stat that Oculus said, as, as, as I was watching the GDC talks, that uh, one in three apps did over a million dollars in the Quest store. There's like 60 apps. So that's like. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's so much in the world hmm. of video games with you. I think it's impressive for Oculus. It shows that people are going to be out of content. Mm -hmm. Even if they have access to tons of free stuff, they're going to be buying a lot of content. Do you think Apple will be able to come out with a gaming space that would challenge like uh, Oculus's Quest Store? In, in I, have, I have no idea. Yeah, um, it's it just I don't. You know, Apple. There just isn't that much information out there. I don't follow the games industry. Um, mm -hmm. I think if Apple silos off, they're uh, device it will be a, a big mistake oh you mean if apple silos off the device so if you mean if it's only works for apple or what do you what do you mean by that yeah i mean you 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 know can't download uh, uh from from other platforms you know so uh, you could you know sort of is it really be like the pl uh, play versus uh apple mm -hmm. you know the i the itunes store I mean, is that where we're headed here? Well, yeah, it's like it does. Does the old tricks new and work in a new space? And and I hope not. I think five G will make a big difference because in most cases you won't need an app. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really impressive. Uh, I have heard of people being able to stream some of the uh, the VR experiences, but you, I mean, you're trying to get that like sub ten millisecond latency thing. Yeah, uh, Qualcomm has a reference design. Mm -hmm. Uh, where it offloads a lot of the work onto the cloud. Mm -hmm. So it does this kind of dual processing that um, uh, eliminates latency and increases performance dramatically. I'm and they, and they, they probably integrated their their new their new chipsets and then they're they're working with five yeah. G and so it's all it's all there. So that's again one of those quantum jumps when you when you actually can actually pull from the power of the internet. Um, cause right now you have to do a lot of things local, um, or you've got to optimize the credit of a lot of stuff. And so especially exactly. well, I, I think 5g will really impact uh, the strategies yeah. people are using. Do, do you have a guess on the timeline for the 5g and that kind of, kind of that rollout? Oh stuff? God, I've been having this fight with people for three years. These are public companies investing billions of dollars. Of course they're overhyping it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as it turns out, it's hard to install uh, 5G. Um, you know, there are several flavors of it, and and the fastest 5G still uh, has technical problems. Uh, the mm -hmm. other, um, gosh, what's it called? Uh, the other kind is is uh, more effective, but again, the repeaters, uh, you know, you kind of have to install new repeaters. Mm -hmm. uh, so wherever 4G is, now there has to be 5G. So it's going to take a while. I mean, it's sort of like the move from 3G to 4G. Uh, as I recall, that took you know, five years. 
Yeah. Um, you know, in some places you went and you just got nothing, right? Um, so I think it's probably going to look more like that. Mm -hmm. And again, when was year one? I don't know, probably last year. So, you know, within five years. But again, you know, when you get to be a geezer like I am, five years just doesn't sound like that long to me. But yeah, by the time five, by the time buy a 5G phone, it will have been around for five years. Yeah, the and I mean, and on that note, because what you're talking about is that there's, there's different gaps that when you fill that gap, then you don't care because how long it took us now it's here. And right. so 5G, like it, you, it, it's only painful because we're not experienced. We, we don't have it yet. But once we have it, it's like, oh, it's it's old news. What's next? What do you what do you think? What do you think are the missing pieces from like virtual rowdy and collaboration and future of work stuff that that that's needed to really kind of have this take off to the next level? Well, again, I don't think we've arrived at a paradigm yet, right? Mm -hmm. So what I mean by a paradigm is there's no kind of terminal and terminal functionality that everybody has to have the way you have in a phone where you have to have certain sensors. And, you know, there's a lot of ways like there's so, so you know, the standardization, you know, no matter who's, who's making a um, Android phone, right, there's there's. Um, they all basically do the same thing. It's just slightly different, cheaper components, slightly different approaches to different subtle things about, you know, you know what the phone is going to do best. Mm. Um, so, so, but for VR and AR, we don't have that standardization yet. So, so the wild, wild um, west with so, all this stuff. So let me give you an example. We were talking about telepresence before because <laughs> telepresence is at the center of all this, right? Trying to work with. Uh, socialize with people who are distant from you as if they were physically present, right? One way to do that is in VR. The problem with that is, you know, you don't have eye contact. You can stimulate body motion and blinking and gestures, mm -hmm. um, you know, that we have AI that does that, but you still can't make eye contact with somebody. And let's also remember there is no R in VR. We should have called it replaced reality instead of virtual reality, because so many people go in and they're like, I'm in a video game. I don't want to be in a video game. I thought it was virtual reality. So you, you, you uh, say that the reality has to be hyper real in order for it to be reality. No, I say it just look kind of more real than a video game. I know. Mm. I don't think it has to be real. I think it has to be more real than a video game. Not <laughs> like Facebook Horizon, which is obviously a cartoon. Well, it's now, that, it's is, that. Is, is being in a video game going to be okay for some people? Yeah, for half the people, for 175 million people, it'll be just fine. Mm -hmm. For the other 175,000 people, they'll participate on a 2D screen. Yeah, well, you're crossing that chasm into making avatars that look real without it looking creepy, like you're trying to trick me. You know, that, yeah. you know, that's the challenge, because Tune, you're like, okay, Tune, you're not trying to trick me. But, but I think here's here's the thing, okay? The, the it's 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 only uncanny valley if it isn't right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the reason we have uncanny valley like spatial has these great avatars that everybody loves because they're they're wrapped around a you know model mm -hmm. based on your social media picture. 
Mm. So, um, you know, everybody gets this, oh, my God, oh, wow, it's really Dylan when you go in. But then after you spend an hour or two there, you say, wow, Dylan's mouth is moving in a weird way. And he's not really fully there. It's kind of, It is kind of creepy. Uh, and it's kind of distracting. Yeah. And they actually are working on a system where, you know, once you've been in there one or two or three times, it starts to give you other avatar options. Got it. So you don't have to look like a ghoul uh, and it, make people on, you know, be just because your, you know, Facebook or profile picture doesn't happen to wrap around that well. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that if you, I mean, even in Hollywood, you, I mean, you look at like, you know, they try to make like a, a young Jeff Bridges or they try to make a young, and, and you see them, you're like, your mind's like, that's not right. You know, and they have the, you know, they have the power of VFX studios being able to do that. Well, again, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Well, that's, first of all, Robert De Niro with a young man's face walking around like an old man is creepy as fuck. <laughs> then I, I mean, yeah. people were talking about how great that was. I'm like, that is icky. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> it, you have a Stranger Danger vibe that goes on with that, that you're like, I don't Well, the other thing is, be, because in a lot of scenes, they hide his face uh -huh. when he's supposed to be young. So in a lot of those scenes, yeah, he isn't even, you know, uh, actually uh, a special effect. It's him, but they frame the scene in a way that it doesn't give away his face. It's the Japanese anime move where they talk like this so they don't have to track it. You know, they, yeah, they, exactly. hide, they hide exactly. the features. So, exactly. so what are your thoughts? Are, have you looked into the – There's the, uh, Zuckerberg made an announcement on, the, on – the, they're supposedly working on the Quest 3 and the Quest 4, and they're supposed to be like – mouth tracking and other things do you yeah. do you have any any thoughts on that like well as i said i mean thank god for mark zuckerberg and oculus or we wouldn't be having this conversation mm -hmm. uh they've got supposedly 20 percent of their engineers are now working on xr so really I mean, yeah i think that's great Dang, um, 20 percent. yeah so for all the problems i think they have in their core business i mean instagram doesn't have those problems um, you know, so and so I, I think Facebook will be fine. Whatever happens with social media, if it's regulated or whatever, they're going to be just fine. AT&T was broken up and now they're one of the biggest companies in the world and they spun off the companies that made the Internet. So, you know, uh, I, I don't think that some regulation on Facebook or taking YouTube out of Google uh, would be terrible things for any of the companies involved. Um, and, and I think it probably would be net positive for shareholders, just as AT&T was, even though, you know, Wall Street and uh, conservatives railed against it at the end of American capitalism. It was the beginning of the most voracious uh, period of American capitalism in history. Mm. So, uh, so much for that. Um, well, I mean, right now it's a virtual land grab. I mean, we, we did it from the U.S. and, you know, we started on the East Coast and we went across and we literally grabbed land. And, you know, then we did it onto the Internet space where we started grabbing lands and dot coms and I own Disney dot com or whatever that might be. And then, I mean, now it's the virtual space where, you know, I, I, I'm shocked that 20 percent of all engineers from base, Facebook are, are on. Say that again. I'm sorry. I'm shocked that 20 percent of engineers are oh. uh, are, are on yeah. there. But it does make sense because they really are trying to create that next Facebook horizon um, to, to dominate the space because it is a land grab. Yep. I mean, right now it looks like it'll be um, a duopoly 
but there are a lot of other players who could emerge with a product the way Samsung emerged, you know, 10 years ago and, and sort of became this, uh, you know, so, and all those companies are working on headsets yeah. of, when of say, varying kinds. When you say duopoly, you're talking about Apple and Facebook? Is that what you mean? Yeah. And well, then, and you have a little company called Sony. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. No, that yeah. small company. Yeah. So, so you know, I mean, there's, 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 there's a lot of poker yet to be played. Mm -hmm. you, you know, so that's why I say we haven't settled on a paradigm. So those guys who are off buying up Somnium space must have made a lot of money off of Bitcoin. Because <laughs> why do they think the paradigm is going to settle on Somnium space or Second Life? Yeah. I mean, I think they, they ought to be looking at Fortnite and Rec Room and and VR Chat as possible, or or Alt Space, which is you know owned by Microsoft and and has infinite scalability. Yeah. So I, I just don't. I I highly highly skeptical of those things. Although I know smart people who have bought some land in in Somnium Space. Uh, I I just. Um, I'm going to keep my powder dry. I'll pay a premium later with the rest of the skeptics. Yeah. Well, it seems to be kind of what, uh, if you look at Facebook's buying strategy, originally they were funding companies up front and early to, hey, make cool stuff. because that. But now what they're doing is they're waiting until you're successful, and then they're buying you up. Like they bought uh, Beat Saber, and they pull you off of all of the channels. And so they're, they're I, like, I won't be surprised when they buy Rec Room. Yeah. You, you think that's the next move? They're going to go for Rec Room? I mean, it, it, uh, it, 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 I don't know it, whether it's rec room, but it'll be something. I mean, at some point, they've got to stop trying to build their own social media platform. You know, they're trying on Horizons. Horizons got it's got great things about it, but it's it, it, you know, it's all about user generated content and user uh, content tools, and, and they're just not going to catch up to Alt Space, uh, Rec Room, and VR Chat. So, and they could end up buying any of those. Yeah. Um, I think, it was, it was, you know, and, yeah. and by the way, so could Google and so could Amazon. So th there are lots of companies that are that are in the mix that want to be players. You've got Samsung is certainly one um, that, you know, again, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for Samsung to work its magic on XR the way they did on smartphones. Yeah. And there's and right now, Samsung and Sony, they don't have a digital playground. The same thing that Microsoft has alt space. Facebook has Horizons. There's people trying, and then and then Samsung does not have any software plays. Interesting, but so, Samsung has tons of cash. As does Zoom, by the way, and it's very possible Zoom will buy uh, a VR conferencing platform of some kind. Oh, I could see that. Just maybe like maybe Verbella. Who knows? Somebody's going to buy Verbella. Some, uh, and that's a, so that's all the low hanging fruits. Everyone's trying to basically extend their their brands into this virtual landscape yeah so um so yeah i mean i could see zoom doing something zoom is sitting on uh four billion dollars of cash that they say they're going to use for acquisitions mm -hmm. so you know i wouldn't be surprised that makes i mean rec room, excuse i mean rec room and, and vr chat are entertainment oriented and skew young yeah well right now what's interesting about that is that rec room just started to uh uh pay out cash to top performers that have a lot of yeah, subscribers. Well, they also just raised, they just also just raised uh, and announced yesterday that they had raised $100 million at uh, $1.3 billion valuation. I thought they just did a Series A. So is that a Series B that they did? Is that uh, the rec room? I think it may be a Series C. 
Whoa, I didn't know about that. That's um, interesting. I don't know what the end game is because their revenue numbers and their valuation are not aligned. It's it's a number. It's a it's it's like the same reason why uh, Facebook bought Instagram. They bought it because of the users and right. the emails. Yeah. Right. Well, obviously, that's the way they're feeling about their values. So, wow. What? Um. Let, let me ask you this. Uh, just shifting gears a little bit, because uh, I know you have to go in just a couple of minutes here. You also teach XR at Chapman University. Is that that's correct? Yes, and I also yeah. teach at a, 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 B, a VR major program at Shenandoah University, which is in suburban DC. Got it. What what advice do you give to people that like? So maybe I just I you know I'm a young kid and I just found this this VR technology. Like what what's the what's the crash course you you give to these young ones that they want to kind of I, go? Listen, if you take just follow the Unity Education courses, you need a gaming PC, you need a, a you know a gigabyte hard drive, um, and then you just start taking their tutorial courses. I mean, I love teaching Unity because I don't have to do anything. It's all in the tutorial courses. They, Unity teaches Unity way better than I'm ever going to do it. You, you know, they're way less confusing and confused than I am, yet the students need to find this material and they need to be able to execute it. If you can learn Unity or teach yourself Unity as, you know, using these courses and, you know, Discord and all the other tools available, um, if you can do that, you can have a six-figure job. Uh, you know, I tell my students all the time, do five, do 10 hours a week of Unity for six months and then, then go get yourself a job for $100,000. It is the quickest bang for the buck in terms of stepping in, in, into the industry and the cross platform. And you know, the other thing I tell them is it's nice that you have a degree from Chapman, but nobody needs to hire a degree from Chapman. Mm -hmm. What you need are skills. Yeah. And when you have skills, you've changed the relationship in the interview because suddenly, you know, they're, you're interviewing them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then you can say, I'm hum humble, I'm young, I'm hungry to learn. You the company, you figure out what everybody's job is, and then you use the things you've learned at Chapman to get yourself out of some stupid programming job and into executive work in the company. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting because the building with Unity and, and figuring out, it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those engines that is, is, it somehow became just the, the the leader. It's that and Unreal, and I and a couple of years ago I heard that Unity considered themselves a startup, but I think they're going. Are they? Aren't they going well, they are public. They went they went public about six months ago, and they're doing quite well considering they've never had a profitable quarter. Um, you know, certainly suggests the valuation for Unreal, which is also having huge success with its game engine and also Fortnite at the moment. Um, mm -hmm you know, means its valuation should be, you know, know, fiasco. you know, probably in excess of a hundred billion dollars. Yeah. When uh, Apple cut Fortnite out of there, uh, out of the app store, and then they, uh, and then they started to go for cutting out all of the unreal engine in the Apple store. That, I don't think that actually went through, but that's terrifying to have that much power over a, a content creation well, engine. That's, that's why, that's why 5g at the end of the app store is something everybody is rooting for. Oh, because then they can just bypass it. You log into just some website and they kick out the data. Yeah. Oh. So you think that's going to be the end of the app stores once they start to do that, unless they have some sort of... Uh, I, I, you know, I, I would never... Uh, I, 
the end of the app stores or the democratization of the app stores? So the app stores could no longer charge 30% because people would have an option as to where to buy it. Wow. That's super interesting. Um, so I, I think that we're headed for that. But but again, I, I think I don't want to overpromise on the on the hype of 5G <laughs> when you know we could be looking at 2025 before any of the things that I'm talking about start to happen. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I was happy about with the announcements that Facebook was making really wasn't announcements. They were just kind of revealing the direction of their research in the hope that people would um, to gain trust, basically, mm-hmm. uh, and to to uh, attract other researchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I thought the things they were working on for were necessary components for invisible computing need AI. You know, you need uh, an interface. I always thought it was going to be a ring or a watch, but this idea that it, it's a bracelet that's reading commands from your brain and swipe and uh, if you could develop a system like we could have invisible computing. That that those are the elements that are required. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking and of it, a more mechanical system, um, but clearly, clearly they've had some breakthroughs that may may enable something much much more truly invisible so then they literally have the they have the, the wristband and it's they're tanning it up with the ar headset so that that you can think the word click or swipe and then it automatically does that is that what you're yes the, yes yeah did you did you see anything i know you got to go in just a hot second here but did you see anything with uh i forget her name mary lou uh who was the head of ex facebook researcher um she was I, I saw an old article a while ago where they put a bunch of cameras inside the headset at facebook reality labs and they put it on it's a functional mri machine yeah oh how interesting um yeah, yeah i mean i think again you know when we talk about the paradigm not being settled i mean you know there's going to be 12 sensors in the next generation headset maybe some of those sensors are going to be used for facial recognition yeah that's it's incredible to see what's coming on the pipes. I I know you have to go in two minutes because I uh, just had, had a hard stop. Is there anything last you'd like to let the people know about before you can tell them how they can find more of your work and what you do? Well, the the way to find my work is through my Twitter feed at Charlie Fink or on charliefink.com. Uh, also, look for me on Fridays this week in XR podcast uh, with Paramount Futurist Ted Shilowitz. Uh, that comes out. Um, Mid, mid to late afternoon uh, on Fridays, Ted and I hash over the week's tech news uh, with lots of editorial, spirited banter, and wonderful guests. So uh, that's the This Week in XR podcast. And of course, that's the title of my weekly column in Forbes. And it's been quite a week with Rec Room um, doing a biz, big raise and, and other things. I'll also give a plug for something I wrote about today in Forbes, Adventure Labs, Dr. Crumb School for Disobedient Pets. Um, <laughs> grab, grab eight friends, so it's like 15 bucks each, and uh, do a session. Highly recommended. It's on the quest. It is awesome. Adventurelab.fun. Adventurelabs.fun. I'll, I'll check it out. I, I, I glimpsed at it earlier looking through it, and it looks, it, it looks like just a, a shenanigan. The inside of a cartoon. Yes, yes, it was beautifully done. Uh, beautiful. Uh, thank you, Charlie. I really appreciate your time. Have, oh, a, have a wonderful day. Yeah. Thanks for and inviting I'll... me. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely, brother. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes.
While you're there, you can also take the Heroes Quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.